1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. This is a perfect conversation to have during this second Advent week, which is all about peace. Absolutely. And we're about to dive into a conversation with our good friend, Dr. Marina Hoffman. She's a Bible professor at Palm Beach Atlantic University. She's got an award-winning book called Women in the Bible, Small Group Bible Study. And in that, she illuminates the leadership, character, and courage of women in the Bible. And uh, we're going to talk to her a little bit about her story in dealing with stress. Marina, it's good to have you back here with us on Mornings with Tom and Tobby. Thank you so much for having me. So, Marina, just get us wrapped up in your story. Tell us, what happened to get you in the midst of where you're at right now today? It was a beautiful day. My husband and I were driving home in northern Ontario, and suddenly, at a speed of 65 or 70 miles an hour, we were going south, and this car coming northbound somehow lost control and in a split second plowed right into us. We had very little chance of survival, but we did survive. Praise the Lord. Many miracles happened. But when all was said and done and my physical injuries were patched up by the surgeons, I realized I had a lot of trauma. I had PTSD, depression, anxiety, and it was so bad that, you know, I could hardly get out of bed in the morning. And that's an experience, of course, a lot of us can relate to in different ways. Absolutely. Uh, And thank you so much for just sharing the basis for that. But how did you do that? I mean, the physical ailments, I can understand, but how did you actually deal with the anxiety and the depression? You know, for a while, Tom, I didn't. I just thought I'll maybe get better in time. And I felt so hopeless. But there was a point in my life when I was sitting on the couch thinking, "Ugh, I just wish I could go to the little grocery store down the way and get some chocolate. And I suddenly realized that I could go. I was choosing every day to sit on the couch instead of to face my fears and to get back in the car and drive. My husband had two multiple injuries, but both his legs were not working. So it was really up to me. And, you know, in that moment, Tom, I realized I had been waiting so long for me to overcome fear, but instead I was just going to face it dead on. And it's fascinating. I went to that little store. I came back. Nothing bad happened. I probably drove at 10 miles an hour to everyone's annoyance. Mm -hmm. I came back home. I was just shaking. I was hyperventilating. I was terrified, Mm -hmm. but yet I felt a great sense of accomplishment. Even though it had been so hard, I had faced the thing I was terrified about. And that was a life-changing moment in that it put me on the path of recovery. 
Wow, it's it's really interesting how um, what was a big decision for you at that moment, um, as we look at it, you know, it's a little decision, but the victory that you had there really put you on the path to recovery. Talk about that a little bit. Right. I realized that, you know, the sense that I had had from sermons and this and that about needing to overcome fear and to trust God, I realized I could trust God. I could move forward in faith, even if I was afraid. But it was almost like I had to be afraid of the right things. I was afraid of a slow death of my own doing because I wouldn't leave the house and I wouldn't be a person of courage. And so I think the fear of just not having any purpose left in life was really a motivation to go forward. And then I actually found this is often true in the Bible. You know, the angel, for example, often says to people, don't be afraid because they are afraid. And I think fear can be part of life, but our number one motivation has to be along the lines of fearing the Lord and fearing a life that is completely isolated rather than fully living life in the abundant life Jesus gave us. Thank you so much for that. We're talking with Marina Hoffman, and we're talking about overcoming fear, depression, anxiety, and uh, just hearing your story, Marina, is so helpful because so many people struggle with this still. And uh, in our society, we've come through two years of lockdowns and and, and new information, misinformation, all types of things happening uh, with COVID and, and different things in the world and natural disasters. What impact is that having on us? I think we see it in many ways. I think there are still people, definitely there are people who still don't want to go to church. And, you know, again, I think that we could be afraid of a virus out there. We could also be afraid of losing connection with the Lord and community. Mm. So I think when all is balanced, there comes a point in time where we choose to return back to community. And people are still struggling with that. And on the far other side of the spectrum, Tabby, I think that there are people who fear rejection. And I put myself in that boat. You know, I go out all the time. I have a four-year-old. I'd go crazy if I didn't leave the house every day. Mm-hmm. But there are people that I'm very hesitant to call, or I see them and I wave. And maybe Tubby, they're needing a hug, but I'm too afraid to say, would you like a hug? Because maybe they'll reject me. So I think there's all kinds of fear. But if we're going to get back to being happy, filled with joy and peace, then we need to return to be fully human again and to take that risk and to ask the people we love, hey, do you want a hug? Call them up and say, do you want to come over? Do you want to meet for lunch? And in those little moments where we return back to being fully human and integrated into community and relationship, I think that's where we find our life and sense of fullness and meaning again. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. Just take that risk to to ask someone to to hang out with you. Go visit. Uh, push past that fear. You are inspiring so many people with your story. But let's let's turn now to children. How can we help them move past the fear and anxiety that they may be experiencing? You know, you asked that to me, and I'm a mom of a four-year-old, and at that age, you know, they show exactly how they feel, right? They don't hide things. And it's incredible to see my influence on my little Willow, and she becomes so much like me all the time. And I think it inspires me every day that the impact we have on others, especially children, is through our example. And it's 
for some people that are still afraid, I mean, what a motivation that would be, right? To inspire the next generation, to inspire the children in our life, and to show them that even if we have fears in the world, we can move forward, we can trust God, we can do what we feel is most important in life, being Christ to others. And of course, that only happens in community and in relationship with others. So I think coming back to realizing we do have a really big impact on the world, we influence the people around us, and especially with children, we can model what it means to trust God. Wow. We're talking with Marina Hoffman. And uh, this week in Advent, I just want to keep pointing us back to that, is about peace. And she came through a time of anxiety and depression. So many of us are in those places right now. Maybe you've had a loss recently or a trauma, we're going to continue this conversation with Marina and we're going to examine the life of Mary as we do this. We want to help guide you back to peace. Marina, I'm wondering, you know, you have written an award-winning book on women in the Bible. Can we talk now a little bit about Mary? Yes, you know, I think so many of us simply picture her as a woman with a halo, right, from all the yeah. iconic art, and she's so perfect, and her baby never cries nor even squirms in her arms. And I think sometimes we can forget the human experience and human side that Mary ha- went through as well. Okay, well, let, let me ask you this question then. We've got this picture in our minds about Mary, but what changed for you? How did you come to relate to Mary, the mother of Jesus? You know, in... By the time I got to Mary, I was going through one woman after another, and it was right around the time that we really started the lockdown two and a half years ago. And I remember approaching Mary thinking, oh, there'll be nothing here for me. And yet I realized our situations were almost identical. Mm. We both had this moment where someone makes an announcement and everything changes, and we have, in a sense, no idea what the change will bring in our life, for how long it will impact us, and what our future will be. So when I realized that, I I began to see Mary totally different. She's a person that's gone through such a change. And of course, she's afraid. Of course, she has no idea what the future holds. But it's so beautiful to see her accept this calling from God, to accept God's will in her life, and then to walk in faithful obedience, being totally committed to this call, not just to bring Jesus into the world, but she follows Jesus and is with him her whole life, and even after Jesus ascends to heaven. So it's a remarkable picture of this woman who we could say, in a sense, Tom, is traumatized Mm. in terms of the massive change she goes through, and yet is a model of faithfulness and acceptance of God's will. Wow. That That, is a great model. Yeah, what a beautiful picture. So what do you think of Mary's response when she just, you know, she's a teenager, and uh, she's hearing something that no one else has heard in in the history of the world, and yet she's trusting God. What What are your thoughts on that? It's amazing to me that she's so receptive of the Lord's will, and she stands out from so many other characters in Scripture who ask many questions, who make objections. You know, even Abraham. People will often um, compare her to Abraham because she's at the beginning of a new time in history. Abraham has lots of concerns and says, how can this be? You know, my servant is going to inherit all my wealth. She just immediately accepts God's will, and I think that's a powerful example because We live in a time where there is so much uncertainty, and we can raise questions and doubts and worry. And of course, we all do that many times. But how incredible to say, I don't have all the answers, but I know this is from the Lord. So I'm going to say yes to God. Lord, have your will done in my life, and then move forward with 
perhaps a sense of expectancy that it could be intimidating, but maybe this is the beginning of something amazing that God is doing in my life that I could never have imagined. You are hearing the voice of Dr. Marina Hoffman talking about the life of Mary and how she really proceeded from the moment of hearing this news that was really going to change her life. She had no idea what she was going to be going through. And you talk about her commitment, about raising her son Jesus. But I'm just wondering, as you take a look at Mary's life and um, what she has done, do you see a connection between the calling that we receive from the Lord and suffering, and maybe as it's played out today? Yes, who wants to talk about suffering? Who wants to think about it? I think our whole society, every part of our life is about eliminating every type of suffering, right? Not just health, economic. In every single sense, we want to be happy and without suffering. And yet, you know, Tom, I wonder how that's possible in our world today, because as people of faith, what are we called to? Well, to begin, we're certainly called to bear Christ in a sense, like Mary, um, to bring the message of Jesus to the world, to be Jesus' hands and feet to others. Well, if we're going to take a stand for the message of Jesus and talk about salvation and talk about the life that Jesus offers, we will be ridiculed. We will find a hostile response, will be canceled on social media, all these implications of our life, but that's to fulfill our calling. So I think there is this connection. If we're willing to stand for our values and willing to be Christ to others, we will receive an inherent sense of suffering in it, but that doesn't mean it will be terrible. I mean, what a fulfillment, what meaning in life is there apart from really being Christ to others and building those kinds of relationships where we can bring His life. I think it makes it worthwhile, even though, of course, it's hardship. Mm. Wow, it makes it worthwhile. So uh, could you just speak to those who are continuing in this hardship, maybe today, in this suffering and, and trying to make sense of, is God really calling me to this level of suffering? Could you uh, just give them a little more encouragement? You know, the beauty of suffering is that in the deepest, most hardest times of our lives, Christ becomes most present, and we perhaps are most aware of Jesus' presence. I remember for myself, after this accident I was in, for about a week, I thought I was by myself. I wasn't aware of anything around me except the presence of the Lord. And that was so beautiful, but it's not something I've ever felt again. And so I think sometimes when we walk through these deep valleys, we encounter God in a powerful way, and we know God. And when we finally emerge from it, and we hold on to the hope that this suffering will be for a while, the Lord will bring us through. And when we go back out of the valley, how beautiful that we know God better, and that we know of how God works, we share our testimony, and it lifts others up. And I think for those of us who do desire to be good people and to bless others and to help others, how can we help them if we've never suffered? Mm. So it's a beautiful process that God brings us through pain and suffering many times, but we get to know God. We have this beautiful testimony of His faithfulness. And then, of course, we all know it. He puts the very people in our path that have gone through the same thing. And then, Tabi, when we talk to them, we actually do know what to say. Mm. We actually do understand their pain because we've walked through it and we can share that there's hope and purpose on the other side of our suffering and just be able to walk through them in a very Christ-like way. 
Wow, to be able to comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received. Thank you so much. We're talking with Marina Hoffman. We're going to continue this conversation. We're talking about Mary. We're talking about coming through places of of sadness and hardship. But again, we're pressing into hope and peace. Marina, thank you so much for being here with us. You've been so much just beginning with the car crash that you told us about. And once your physical wounds were healed, you had some emotional wounds that you had to work through of fear and anxiety and depression. And and you shared with us those things that kind of walked us through that. And we looked at the life of Mary, how she actually handed, handled kind of a traumatic experience where her life was about to change because of what happened. But I'm just wondering if somebody's listening today and they're really struggling through anxiety fear, depression? How can they look to Scripture? And how does faith play a role in helping people through that journey? Well, for me, Tom, faith has been the very anchor of my soul and of my survival. I know that I would not have made it through what I did, I'm sure of it, without such a strong sense that the Lord was with me. Because, you know, I think we've all been in a moment where we didn't exactly feel our faith. We didn't necessarily feel the presence of the Lord with us, but how beautiful that we can fall back on the promises of God and say, even if I'm not feeling them right now and I don't feel joyful and I don't feel peace, I know that still God's promises are for me. His peace is there for me. And as I get through this time, I will be able to return to the sense of God's presence, the sense of peace and joy in my life. And, you know, it's such a beautiful gift as people of faith to hold on to that because it gives us a future. It gives us a sense of hope. And no matter where we are today, God is able and will take that situation and turn it for good. And I think this, we've seen it in Scripture, and we see it played out in our own lives all the time, Tom. But of course, it does take some time before we see God's plan fulfilled. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for that, Marina. And as we're wrapping up here, say there's somebody who's listening right now and is going through it right now and uh, they don't know what to do. They don't even know what the next step would be. If you could be so bold as we're wrapping up our time together, what would you say to them to help them take their next step? I would say hold on to the hope that things will change and that God is with you and that God does have a purpose for your life. And then as a very practical tip, Tom, I would say whatever it is that you're fearing so much, if it's holding you back from experiencing a full sense of life, just try and take a step forward to face that fear. And I think of a little child at the edge of a pool. She might not know how to swim. She might be terrified. So she stays two feet back. But eventually she inches forward. Eventually she takes that huge leap. And what happens? In five minutes, she's loving it and jumping in and in and over and over in the pool. And I think sometimes that can be a picture of our life. It can be terrifying to do something like jump into a pool. But if we're willing to take that risk, and if we, if we take that risk, it might be much better than we imagined, much easier. And sure enough, it might end up becoming a source of joy. I love Beautiful. that illustration. Wow. How powerful was that? Oh, let's face our fears. Let's move towards faith in Him. Let's remember who our God is.